This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. I want to thank the church for giving me this opportunity. In fact, this church has been like a family to me, and I want to thank all of you for accepting me uh, as one of your family members and then treating me the same way as you treat your family members too. I praise God for you every day, every single day. I pray God I found this church to be part of, and I thank God for that too. All right. How was your week? It was good? Well, me, it was kind of good. I don't know whether it's good because I'm going back to school, which I don't like. <laughs> but every day, God gives me grace to go through school, and that is what is important. Uh, we all know what is going on, right? What is the major thing that is going on in the world now? Olympics. Good. And I've been following it. I've been a Jamaican, I don't know why, for this past week. Simply because, I don't know why, but simply because I don't have anybody from my country who can run. <laughs> so I didn't have a choice. I had to be a Jamaican so that I, I can have someone <laughs> to cheer for. And people are amazing. When you see these young girls, especially the gymnastic, the way they, oh my God. And it kind of reminds me of what Paul told us that we are all in Olympics. This whole world is like real to us, right? We are running a race. That's what Paul tells us. And I could see the joy in the faces of those who won the gold, the bronze, and the silver. And what a joy it will be when we are able to win the same prize Paul talks about. And that is the crown which Jesus Christ himself is going to give to us when he comes back. So... Let us not grow weary whilst we are doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. Shall we pray as we start our divine service? Our Heavenly Father, the hour has come for us to listen to your word, dear Lord. I pray that you be with us as we go through your word together. Encourage us. Let us know that you alone controls our life and we have nothing without you. Be with me as I speak your word in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Edwards, for such a nice introduction. <laughs> I grew up in a small community, and I had a hard-working mom. I have four siblings, so five of us, and it was hard for her, but she always had something that kept her going. She loved to sing. So you grew up in a community, you don't have laundry machines. She has to wash all five kids' clothes and all those kind of things. And my mom always used to sing about this particular creature, the eagle. She has so many songs about this eagle bird. She'll be like, if I had wings like an eagle, I would fly away. I didn't know whether she wanted to leave us. <laughs> <laughs> but she was always like, I will fly away. I will so high. I'll go to my father's home. I'll go to my Jesus. And I used to listen to her growing up. Anytime she sings it. And there was a lot of songs about it. So I decided at, at that younger age, I was so interested in this bird. What kind of bird is this? And I wanted to know more about the eagle. So I started researching. I started looking, reading about what people think about this eagle. And I realized she wasn't the only one. In fact, 
God also uses the ego in so many places in the Bible. Uh, if you read something uh, like in Jeremiah 48, verse 40, God says, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, he shall fly as an eagle and shall spread his wings over Moab. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 4, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptian and how I bear you on eagle's wing and brought you unto myself. And our favorite, Isaiah 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. So, I kind of understood why my mom used to sing about the eagle. Because it's a powerful bird. And those who know me will know I really love God's creation. I love to watch nature shows. So, as I watch, I learn more about this bird. Did you know there are more than 20 countries with the eagle as their symbol in some way? Even here in the United States, what is, what is the, uh, the symbol for the Navy SEAL? It's an eagle, right? If you go, we have so many countries, uh, like Armenia has it as the coat of arm, Austria, and a whole list going on Germany, my country, Ghana, Mexico, all of these countries have eagles somewhere. It might be powerful. That's why we use it, right? But what is so powerful about this bed that people always want to associate power with or something else. It's a different kind of bed. It has a powerful vision. And one thing I also learned in my research is the eagle can fly really, really high. It can even decide to fly above the clouds. So if it's raining, it doesn't want to be rain on. It can fly above it and stay up on the clouds so that it doesn't get touched by the rain. That is how powerful his wings are. One other thing I learned is he, at this eagle bird can see it prey, even in 10,000 feet high. If you watch the video, you see how it will be flying over a, a body of water, and all of a sudden, it just makes it move. And when it makes it move, within a second, he touches the, the surface of the water, grabs the fish or whatever it has to take, and then goes back high. One other thing I also learned about the eagle is the fact that is very, very protective of our age young. So because of this, he goes and then finds the tallest thing ever to make their nest, and that's where they want to raise their young one. He doesn't want anyone to come, what, bothering the young ones or put them in danger. So he has to fly and then find this place where this eagle feels secure to raise his young ones. And that is fascinating because God gave this bird, that wisdom. And I know he has given us more than what the bird can, can do. Uh, so, my topic today is God's ways are not our ways. And um, what I'm going to try to do is to link the life of an eagle when it comes to raising their young ones to the story in the Bible as we go on so that we will know how God loves us so much. But unless we understand his ways, we wouldn't know what he has for us in life. So, come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11. If you are there, say amen. All right. And it reads, As an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, spread abroad her wings, takes them and bears them on her wings. So, I wanted to understand that test. Why does the eagle stirs its nest. When it's time for an eagle to have 
her young, uh, uh, her young ones, like I said, he chooses the tallest distance and then laid the egg. And then he built the nest, which is like six feet high, with woods and other things. And then he it put these soft things, which makes it so comfortable. So when the little ones are hatched, guess what? They stay in this comfortable place and they never want to leave. They don't want to leave because it's so comfortable, they feel secure, they don't want to leave there. But the mom understands what they should do. They were built to fly. And until they fly, they are not serving their purpose in life. So the mom has to make a decision. And the decision she makes is to make the place uncomfortable. And that's why it stays. So when she brings them food, there will be a time she will stop bringing food. But since they are still comfortable, they don't want to leave it. So there will be a time she has to come and stand on the net and shake it, stare it, and tell them you've got to move. This is not what you have to do. You have to fly. So it makes the nest uncom so uncomfortable that the kids become unsafe. They see that mom is telling us something. And because of that, we have to leave. So they try to do that. But she doesn't only stop there. When they take their first flight, it could be unsuccessful. But she watches from a distance. And when she realizes it's gonna, they're going to hit the ground, she has to swoop in and she swoop under them, lay her wings so that they can fall on, and then she takes them right back to the nest. That is what God is telling you. She spread her wings, takes them. That is how God sees us. And this story is about how he dealt with Israelites. Anytime they became too comfortable in a place, God has to stare them and tell them, this is not your home. I have a place for you, and you better get up and out. Start going. And that was the illustration God was giving. So, I ask myself, why do we tend to be so comfortable at a place if that is not God's plan for our life? Because like the little eagles, the eaglets, I think that is all that they think. Because it's comfortable for them, they'll be like, this is where we're going to live and what? Die. But that is not what God wants for them. Remember, God's ways are not what? Your ways. It might be the most comfortable place you find yourself, but sometimes he's going to stare your where you are living. He's going to come shake it because he wants you to understand him and then move you to where he wants you to be. So, linking this story to a very famous story in the Bible, and this is where I want uh, the, the youth here. Uh, actually, I actually prepared this message for all of us, but specifically for the youth as we go back to school because a lot of things go on in school, right? Sometimes you get discouraged, you want to quit. Some professor come and stare you a little bit, you know. <laughs> you are that strict A student and someone gives you a C and tells you you still don't know anything. You got to study. So this message is for us. Some of us grew up dreaming about things we want to do, you know. But along the way, we lost focus of what we wanted to do. It might be God who put that in our hearts to go that far. But we get to some place and then we think it's comfortable here. I don't want to move anymore. And all of a sudden, something comes and stares you. And then you keep on asking yourself, should I move or stay? The Holy Spirit comes back and then stares you again. You got you to do this. You came to school to do medicine. But that is not what God wants you to do. God wants you to do this. So he shakes you because that is what you are comfortable of doing. Most of us went to school. We took classes we were never comfortable with. Simply because that was where God wanted us to be. But he promised the road is not going to be easy, but his grace and mercy is always sufficient to lead us through. 
So as we go through this semester, I know God is going to be there with us because he has put those dreams in our heart and he wants us to be able to pursue them. The story in, of jo uh, Joseph reminds me a lot about this uh, eagle life. Uh, and that is in Genesis chapter 37. We all know the story of Joseph, right? But there are certain things, when I read the story of Joseph, this is what I take from it. This is a guy who had siblings, right? And one day he comes up and tells them, hey, I had a dream. And then he tells them about the dream. And I don't know who gave him the dream, but I think it's God who gave him that dream. And he saw it at that young age. And what was his dream? Do we all remember? He's going to be what? He's going to be a ruler, right? Remember, before, in the time of Joseph, we didn't have Israel as a, we didn't have a group of people called Israel as a nation, right? And remember, it was even before, Joseph, after Joseph, that was when God even chose a first king for what? Israel. You're going to be ruler. You don't even have a nation. How are you going to be a ruler? That's how I see Joseph's story. That was something which was really impossible. And to make matter worse, he didn't talk about being a ruler of a nation, his own brothers who were older than him. So, if I want to be a ruler in my home, where do I want to stay? I stay in my home and rule them, right? He was loved by his dad. He loved him so much. And if, if you are a little kid and then you are loved by your parents, you, you are so comfortable staying home. You don't want to leave, right? And that is like the eagle, baby, don't want to leave. My, my parents love me, so my dad loves me more than he loves all the other kids. He gives me coats of many colors. We all know the story. So I think I'm going to do well staying here. I can be a ruler in my father because I got my dad's support. And he tells my brothers what to do, and they do it. So if he hands me the power, then I can rule, right? I think that was what might be going in, in, on in his mind. But that wasn't God's plan for his life. There was a, li a little twist in his life. What happened? They planned to kill him. And when that didn't happen, what did they do? Sold him. Now go be the ruler you want to be. They, they didn't want to see him anymore. Just go be it, but not on us. So first, you have a dream to be a ruler. You, don't even, you are not even born in the royal line to be a ruler. But God still had a plan for him. And I see that God was shaking his nest. He was shaking it, staring it, telling him, you cannot be a ruler here because you don't have what it takes to be a ruler here. So the story continues. He's not only sold, he comes to this man's house, right? And guess what? The story tells us God was with him. And because God was with him, he prospered there. So it's not about where you are, but it's about who is with you. Amen. That's the main point you I picked here. And guess what? He started becoming comfortable again because he was made the ruler of everything in the house. Right? Imagine you moving away from where you were comfortable and then you finally hit another place you feel comfortable. What do you do? You just stay there forever. You, you, you don't want anything. You don't want to do anything again. Like, you'll be like, this is where I want to be. Because the scripture tells us the owner didn't withhold anything from who? Joseph. He was made in charge of everything. And he started becoming comfortable. But just when he was becoming comfortable, God has to come and stir him again. 
because that wasn't the dream he had or what he gave him. Staying in that man's house, that dream wouldn't have come to pass, right? There's no way his brothers would have even known he, even, he was even alive. So he came, God came, and then shook him. To make matter worse, from the man's house, where did he end up? Prison. Is that, is that where you want to go? From, <laughs> from your dad's house to somebody's house who bought you and then made you overseer over everything. And then the next minute when you were being comfortable and then thought, all oh, is all right, guess what? Another checking came. And then you end up in prison. But remember, like I said earlier, it wasn't where he was. It was what? Who was with him? Wherever he was. So even in prison, guess what happened? He still rose up. He rose up. He was put in charge of other prisoners, right? There again, he's a ruler, but that wasn't the dream God gave him. He's still ruling though, but was it the ruling God promised him in his dream? No, that wasn't that dream. That wasn't the dream God had. So, we all know the story, and then I know we all know it well. God pushed him whenever he felt comfortable. It has been happening in our life. People always ask themselves, why? Like, have you ever realized this week is going well and then all of a sudden something comes and then shakes you and tells you this is not where you are supposed to be? You got to move on. And I always believe it's God who does that in our life because his ways are not our ways. If it was my way and then I want to be a ruler, I want to be born in a, a priest a, like a royal line then I know I have a chance of being a ruler. This was born by, uh, he was born by someone who doesn't even have anything to rule over. So God raised him up, lifted him, and then guess what? The dream that he had, he didn't give up on God, and God never gave up on him. Amen. At the long run, we see the victory story. And the same dream that he had, it came to pass that when he rose up, to be the prime minister, and, and not the prime minister of his own people. It's, he was a prime minister where he was a slave. Isn't God amazing? Yes. I know you cannot be president in America if you are not born yet, but taking me as, you know, <laughs> becoming the president of the United States, somewhere from Africa. <laughs> that's how his story is. And that's the success I take from his story. When God tells you, or give you a dream. Remember, he's going to take you through a process. Sometime in between somewhere, you might feel this is it. I think this is what God told me. This is it. But guess what? He's going to come shake you and tell you this is not where it is. This is not where it is. You got to move forward. You got to pick it up and go. He will put it there and then shake you a little bit. Remember, it was a story. He likened it to that of an eagle. He has to stay because you got to fly. And whilst he's doing this, always remember that the only thing you have to do is to trust him to lead the way. Because if you trust him, he's going to bring you to an expected end. And whatever he does is going to be successful because he, has, he knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. And that was what he did for Joseph. Most people always talk about the fact that uh, when God says something, it means it's going to go well. Sometimes it's going to go well, but not the way we want it. Because, once again, his ways are not our way. An example is uh, whereby in, uh, I think, 
come with me to come with me to Mark Mark chapter 4 verse 35 so even if God says something he's still going to shake us a little bit and, 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 and then he, because he wants to know whether we are actually on board for this that is said verse 35 and he says that day when evening came he said to his disciple let us go over to the other side that is where I want to stop let us go over who said that Jesus and this is the story where he calms the storms it was his instruction to go over to the other side so who gave the command Jesus gave that command Jesus gave that command but when they decided to obey his voice was it smooth was the journey smooth what happened there was a storm what what does that tell you it tells you even that God commands something bad can happen right because that was Jesus own command let us cross to the other side but he, he, he needed to stir them on the sea shake their boat a little bit and then let them know it's not about being in the boat it's about who is in the boat with you so in our life things like that is going to happen he's going to tell us to move go go do this when you decide to take a step guess what discouragement starts coming in trouble start coming in but does that mean he's not with you no even at his command things can happen things can happen most of us here we are discouraged because we thought it was god who was telling us to do it but the, immediately we started to do it bad things started happening and therefore we lose hope and end there. Trust me, he's always there with you. You'll be in college. Sometimes most of us were working and then you heard the voice, go back to school. As a young person, you stop working, you go take student loan and then you go back to school. And guess what? Your first semester is like you made the worst mistake in your life. Remember, it's still God's command. He gave you a dream to go back to school. That doesn't mean he has left you. It's just telling you, it's not about you. It's about him who gave the command to go. And he's going to be with you. He's going to be there for you. I understand this because I'm a ma- alongside school, I'm a math professor. And sometimes, some of these students, it's not that they don't know math, but they just want someone to talk to and someone who can explain it to them. So sometimes you take even your mind from the math and then you realize all that they need is encouragement from God. And you can do the things you, you never have thought you, you were able to do. It. I had an instant, the same thing, when I had a student who came and then he, anytime I walk through, you see their faces and then you see the discouragement in their faces. So I, I walk to him and ask him what is wrong. And then he's like, this is my third time of doing this quiz. I don't know, I'm stupid, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And then I realized he doesn't need mathematics. He needs encouragement. That was all that he needed. So I sat him down and told him, God got your back. He's going to see you through. He's going to actually make it work. So I, I taught him a little bit, and I told him, just keep on practicing, and then I'll be here anytime you need help. So I told him to restart the quiz again. I was walking, like, trying to go help another student, and then he shouted, come, come. I got a 90. And I was like, wow, you see, you did it. Because it's not about you. The first ones you were failing, God was trying to stir you. He was trying to, you, 
If you had gotten 70, you'd be like, oh, see, it's a pass. But guess what? That's not what God wants for you. So he's going to shake you. He's going to tell you you are too comfortable with those B's and the C's. Get, get an A. Get to move on because I put you there and I'm going to help you through. And that's what he does in our life as students and as young people. Always remember God's ways are not our ways. If it was in your way, you get admitted and you wouldn't have any problem. But if that is the case, then everybody will want to be a student forever. <laughs> right? <laughs> you would never want to graduate if school was fun. Right? But you have to get the people along who will shake you and tell you this is not where you want to be. You want to fly. You have to fly. And through those encouragement and those people God put in your life, you are able to learn to leave those places you thought would have been more comfortable for you to be there. As Christians, we have so many life stories that tells us these things. And that goes along with us as we go on. And for me, for instance, I had so many challenges which told me to quit. But I realized that it's God who is telling me this is not where I have to be. I remember after I finished my master's in mathematics, I was like, I'm done. No more math. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to do math again. Because some professors, it seems like some professors don't want you to pass. That's how it seemed to me. Actually, most people hate math professors. Not because they don't like them, but because of the subject they teach. You know? But God told me, you can do more than that. So I applied, and he has been with me throughout. Sometimes, most people have so, like students, we have so many encouraging words. Like, anytime I'm here, school is hard because you are loaded with homework on Fridays. And anytime you are here, you go back home and then your phone, text message, hey, have you done question number five? Which means, whilst you are in church, worshiping, people are working on their destiny. But you are always able to catch up. By the grace of God, you are always able to catch up on this homework. We all had three days in the weekend to do it. You had only one day. But guess what? When you started, God gave you the grace to go through. That's how faithful he is. That's how faithful he is. I encourage you to keep the Sabbath holy. Trust in God because he's going to bring you to an expected end. I love this hymn, hymn number 622, which always encouraged me when I'm going through things. And it tells me it's going to be well. If you can open to me to hymn number 622, I love the words of this hymn because it always kept me going as a saint, as a Christian, as a child of God. That always kept me going as a student. 622, 622. And I'm going to read the words. Are we there? It says, come, come ye saints, no toil, no labor, fear, but with joy when your way. Though hard to you, the journey may what? Appear. But what? Grace shall be as your day. What's, what follows? We have a living to guide us, and we can trust him to what? And what, what is the last word? To provide. And then the next one, do this and joy. Your heart will swell, all is well, all is well. The last sentence, I said, we will find the place which God has prepared for us. When at last, he will call. Where none shall come to hurt us or make us afraid. For what? Only God himself will reign over all. We will make the air with music ring. Shout praises to God and our King. 
Oh, how we will make the chorus well. All is war. All is war. In, you're going to have so many challenges as a student. But remember, grace shall be as your day. And you can always stand and then say, all is war. With the grace of God, all is war. Shall we pray? Our Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy that you always provide for us. We thank you for these few words of encouragement that when we feel comfortable there, you come in and then stir us out a little bit and then tell us, son, daughter, this is not the dream I gave you and I want you to move forward. Dear Lord, we pray that you help us to be able to have a relationship with you as we go with our life. Help us to know your ways and understand your ways better and know that you are always there with us. And it's not about where we are, but it's about who is with us, dear Lord. We pray that as we go back to school, you bless us, and then you be with us so that we will be successful. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.